Welcome to the Driving Test Podcast. I am Terry Cook and I continue to be your guide and accompany you along your journey to pass your driving test and go on those eventful, wonderful trips out afterwards, wherever your dream journey may be. Whether that's Scarborough to get fish and chips or Asda to get profiteroles, wherever you want to go, I'm here to help you get there. And today is no different. We've got a, a cracking episode today as we are joined by another podcast. We're joined by the Driving Confidence podcast. Kev and Tracy Field, and they're coming in to talk to us about how we can be confident on that driving test. So we're going to give some top tips around that. We're going to look at another myth that needs busting. We're going to review a test center. But most of all, from today, we're going to give you some advice to help you be confident, not just learning to drive, not just after your test, but during the test as well. But just before we dive into the episode, I'm going to give a quick reminder to you to go and click subscribe. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, go and click subscribe so it drops into your feed whenever a new episode comes out. You may have noticed that we've taken a, a slight sabbatical for a month or so, but we're back now with some more wonderful episodes coming up. So click subscribe so they drop into your feed straight away. And if you want to check out any of the resources mentioned on today's episode or anything else, head over to the website tcdrive.co.uk. Over there, you'll find my other podcasts, which are Driving Test Tales and the 5-Minute Theory Podcast, as well as the other resources that I offer. And I suppose I should mention that if you're based around Leeds or Bradford and you're looking for driving lessons, you know where to find me, tcdrive.co.uk. But for now, let's get stuck into this episode. And we're now joined by the hosts of the Driving Confidence podcast, two lovely human beings, Kev and indeed Tracy Field. How are we doing, guys? Hi. Hi, Terry. Delighted to have you on, sharing some uh, wonderful driving test advice for the lovely learners that are going for their driving test. So let's start off just by finding out a little bit about more about you. So let's start with you, Kev. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the driving school, where you're based, that kind of stuff? Okay, yeah, so welcome everybody. I'm Kev and I am the Driving Confidence Coach and I'm based in Leighton Buzzard and I teach anyone to drive and I also teach people to become more confident on the road post-test as well. So that's basically where I am at the moment. The name of the school? Uh, it's it's Kevfield um, Driver Training. But I also am known as the driving confidence coach. I have an ongoing joke with one of my students because my school is called TC Drive. And they're always convinced that it's Terry Cook Drive, but it's not. Originally, it stood for total control. And um, then someone pointed out that the initials were the same. Oh. And I've got a student that every few months, she'll just text me and say, still can't get my head around, that's total control drive. And um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, so... I'm going to come to you, Tracy, because you are not just a driving school. Like you said, the, the confidence coach. Um, so just tell us a little bit about what you do away from the school with the confidence stuff and the podcast, all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a driving instructor. Um, my background is in mindfulness and stress management. And so Kevin, I thought that would be a really good idea to combine my experience and his experience in and we started the Driving Confidence podcast to talk about all things psychology, stress, anxiety, along with the driving know-how from Kev. And, and I think that's why I wanted to get you guys on today, because 
for me, with my learners and, and speaking to people, they get in touch with me, uh, nerves, anxiety, but in particular confidence, although I don't always think people realize it's confidence, seems to be a really prominent issue now, not just around learning, but around the, the test as well. So, you know, you guys are perfect uh, to, to have on and talk about this. So I'm going to ask you a really, really kind of broad question uh, to start with. Um, how can learners get confident for their driving test? Well, <laughs> I think it, um, if you're thinking about becoming confident, it's it's making sure you know what you're doing. You know, are you confident enough in all aspects of your driving to drive independently? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the real thing, isn't it? It's that being able to drive without having to ask questions, without having to be helped out by somebody else by the side of you. It's having that trust in your own driving and your own decisions is where the confidence comes from. And like you say, it's knowing what you're doing. So that understanding what it is that you need to do. So if you're talking in terms of the test, understanding what's required of you on the day. Yeah. I think that's that's spot on um you know i think everyone has had by parents or some peers at some point had that immortal phrase practice makes perfect and it, it does you know it's really frustrating because it's it, that simple but it, it does the more we practice stuff the better we get at it and the more you know the more you do it and the more you show to yourself you can do it the more the more confident that you're you're going to become and you know i know we've spoke about this before on different podcasts previously but it's that idea that if you did 10 parallel parks in a row and they're all spot on how much more confident are you going to be going into your your driving test and and especially as you said around your knowledge there so you know how could um people boost that knowledge aside from you know just doing the repetition you know is there anything else you could suggest around the knowledge side before that i'm going to jump in really quickly (laughs) and just say we prefer practice makes better because if somebody (laughs) is doing their practice with that idea of practice makes perfect as soon as you start adding in that word that perfect word that comes loaded with nerves anxiety frustration all of those things so if you can aim for practicing just to have a small improvement just to make it a little bit better and then trust that that will build over time because what you basically do is you're finding out those gaps in knowledge while you're practicing and if you can find out those gaps in your knowledge you can practice those you know you can build in the gaps generally step by step by step and get better and better and better at it to get to the point where you have consolidated your learning yeah you know that that's what you're aiming for you can you teach someone else to do a task you know it might be turning right at traffic lights or something can you be the instructor and teach someone else to that to to do that task if the answer is hmm i'm not sure What's what's saying you can't? You know, there, there's something missing there, and that's a great way to 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 look at it. I think. 
I think the other thing I want to touch on is is people's own perspective of of their lessons and of, of their development and of, of them as people because you know obviously I work with a lot of learners and speak to a lot of uh, people learning to drive and in fact I'll use the example of a student today we'd we'd been working on uh, roundabouts and we'd done all sorts in that lesson and she's come from another instructor and just in the fall lesson of that she's gone from not having a clue how to do roundabouts and you know not being able to do them essentially to mini roundabouts medium-sized roundabouts multi-lane roundabouts like controlled roundabouts you can do them all completely independently with me just sitting here you know with a smile on my face watching her do it the only ones we haven't mastered yet are those big ones with like six or seven lanes going around and that's because we haven't got to them yet so at the end of the lesson when i asked her how she felt about the roundabout she's like well i can't do them all yet because i can't do them really big ones and it's like why are we focusing on that so I think a two-part question there, which is why do people focus on that? The one thing they can't do and not look at all the awesome stuff they've just done, and how can we reframe that? The negative bias. Yeah, we, we, we just have. It's part of our survival system. We have this negativity bias that is there to keep us safe. And what it means is that we really have to make an effort if we want to focus on the positive. It, it's like um, it's like Velcro. We're sticky. We're like Velcro for the negative stuff, and we're like Teflon. All the good stuff just slides off. Um, it just doesn't stick, and it is just our survival system. So this is where reflection comes in, doesn't it? It's that actually choosing on purpose to focus on some good stuff because this is one of the important things for confidence building it's past successes it's where you've been successful in the past is what will help you to build your confidence so therefore you need to choose on purpose to what went well in that drive which bits went well what bit am i going to tell mum dad boyfriend best friend you know whatever about so making sure you're not just repeating the negative stuff really trying to remember really trying to focus on remembering the good stuff so that you firm it up as a positive experience in your mind and then that will help you build your confidence but you have to do it on purpose it won't happen instinctively is this where uh wind books come in helpful i spoke to someone the other day they called it a wind inventory which I really liked. Uh, so was that, would you potentially advise that to people? So whether they do it on the lesson or after the lesson, get a little notebook and write down all the stuff they've achieved. Yeah, a to-da list. A to-da list to-da is what list. we call it. Yeah. No, I, I like the wind to-do. <laughs> to-da! <laughs> Look what I did. Well, and it's, that is getting used to that as well, because most of the time, and you probably had this with your learners as well, they've been told, okay, what you need to do is this and it's all the stuff that they haven't done well no one focuses on the positive stuff that they've got all the way through their life mum dad teachers everybody does no one is being positive and i think it's great now that we are focusing on those positive things and the other thing is is people if you show off about stuff so if you if you've done well as a, you know, when you were younger, you did really well at something, you're like, look at this, look at this. And then you 
might be told nobody likes a show off. Nobody likes a big head. So there's this thing called show off shame. Um, and this is where actually sometimes the word confidence can backfire. Because if you ask somebody how confident they are, they might not want to show off. So they might actually, if you're sort of like doing the scaling on one to 10, they might actually give a lower number because they don't want to look like they're, look like they're boasting. And Sometimes if you use the word trust instead, so how much do you trust your driving, then that can be an alternative to get away from that show off shame. That's that's fascinating. I'm going to touch on that for a second. Um, the, I had a student recently, and I'm relating another story actually, but um, she won't mind me saying it. She was very, very panicky about hill starts and uh, would, she could do them. She just had... I don't know if she, I think she had a dream about it, a stall or something, and it was playing on her mind. So I went and just found the steepest hill I knew. She did the hill start, really awkward position because she's behind the van at the side of the, the hill as well. So made it even harder for her. Nailed it. Off we go, pulls up a bit further down, asked her how it went. Yes, what score would you give yourself? Seven. I'm like, okay, what could we do differently to get that higher than a seven? And she goes quiet for a bit and thinks, and do you think of anything? And she says, no. So, so you couldn't do anything better. And she's like, I don't think so. I says, so what score would it be then? And she went, 10? I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, right, next thing. And it's, it's that, you're scared to give yourself that big score. And I often think back to, you know, when we've got kids or when we were kids, they come on with their drawings and straight away we pin them on the fridge and we're like, yes, this is the, the awesome thing. But then as they get older, as you say, we're told not to. So how can we overcome that? How can we overcome that, that shame of ragging about stuff any any suggestions on that <laughs> or is that just no. something we all have to face and deal with <laughs> i think it's something that grows with us though isn't it you know i think it's really something that you have to get used to doing um because again you know you can start off small like you see the person you described there in your lesson starts at a seven but it was fantastic. She couldn't do anything different when it was a 10. Brilliant. Fantastic. Let's move on. The next time she'll do it is maybe is fantastic, but she might give herself an eight instead of that seven. And I think it's just those little steps again, isn't it? Yeah. And it's changing the habits of a lifetime yeah. for some people, but also it's thinking about what is a safe, space mm. to be able to give yourself a 10 so i would suggest that actually in the car with your driving instructor if there is nothing that you can do that would make it better then that should be a safe space um and maybe if you're not quite sure on giving yourself a 10 give yourself a nine and look at your driving instructor's face <laughs> and see if they concur or not um so, so it's yeah, it's picking safe spaces. Where is it safe to to celebrate success? And sometimes that might be very personal. It might be in a reflective journal, or um, I'm trying to think of the app where you do little voice notes to yourself now. So there's there's apps where you can do your journaling using voice notes instead of writing, if that's your preferred method. So, where is it safe to? to celebrate success, to talk about how well you've done. Yes, then if you had any tips and you laughed and said no, and then you was given a couple of awesome ones. Um, <laughs> so, so that was great. But 
And I think that's really valid. And I want to touch on that for a second. And I'm going to be very, very careful for the for the learners that are listening with how I phrase this. And I think you'll understand why in a second. But I think as driving instructors, it's it's our role to create that safe space in the car to let learners know that they can say what they want. They're not going to be judged. They're not going to be criticized. And this is what I'm going to be careful saying. If you're a learner listening to this and you don't feel like your instructor is a safe space and you don't feel like you can be honest and say, actually, that was a two or actually that was a 10. And yes, the instructor might disagree. Maybe phrase, oh, well, maybe this could have been, that's different. If it doesn't feel safe to say that, then I would potentially consider you know, the, the relationship you have with that instructor and potentially even consider looking elsewhere because you should feel safe and at ease in your driving lesson. That should be the place where you're allowed to make mistakes. Is is that something you would agree with, Kev? Oh, 100%. It's a safe environment. And a, if you create a safe learning environment, and that's what we're talking about really, isn't it? It's a learning environment where people are going to make mistakes. But do you know what? That's okay. It's okay to make mistakes, and the instructor that is there to help you. He's not going to let you get into danger, and he will allow you to make certain mistakes that he feels you will learn from. And if you're allowed to make those mistakes, you are creating a learning environment where it's safe. And it's not just on the road when you're moving, but it's when you stop as well. And the instructor should be able to just say, Take your time. You know, if you want to think about this, that is okay as well. Because you know, some people you can't, you have to really think. And everyone's different. You know, there's no one size fits all, as we all know. But again, just just let that person who's trying to learn learn in their own environment themselves. Just speaking specifically about the lessons that learners are having with their instructors for a minute, I think. Another way to build confidence is to actively take part in the goals for the lesson. Because um, if you've got a driving instructor that's saying to you, we're going to do this, this, and this, but potentially you don't feel ready to do that, you're going to struggle doing that thing. Or it might be that maybe not that you're not ready, but you want specifically want to practice something else for a different reason. And that instructor's not letting you. Again, I'm not trying to tell learners, go ditch your driving instructor. I'm just trying to say... How important is it that the, the learners listening to this take part and actively help setting the goals for their lesson to help build their confidence up? I think it's it's done from day one. And and once, you know, I tell the I tell a little story, but this student I had, young lad, first lesson, never driven before, and he said, I would love to drive on that road doing that speed. Most instructors will go, whoa, you ain't going to do that today. Me being me and having that safe environment, I said, what a fantastic goal. What skills do you need that's going to help you achieve that? And he went, well, I need to know how to start a car first, don't I? And again, it was all around him. I never said he couldn't do what he wanted to do, but I made him just think about the skills that he needed to be able to get there. And I think that is you know, one of the most important stories I tell people when I'm training other driving instructors. You know, it's all about them. And if they want to drive on that road, I'm never going to say no. But what we need to do is for them to realise 
you know what? I need these skills as well to be able to do that safely. So they're taking control of their own lessons, aren't they? And, and all that stuff builds up confidence. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give a quick example of my own before I move on, which is I mentioned the, the, the student before that come from another instructor. On her first lesson with me, it was an assessment lesson. And we went for a drive, and I just literally sat there and let her drive, giving her directions. And at the end, she's thanked me. And I'm, okay, what well, this feels a bit different to normal. I said, what, why, you know, why has this helped you? And she goes, you've just let me drive. Previously, I was coming to a junction. I was constantly being nagged about stuff. I didn't have a chance to show that I could do it. And now I've shown that I can do it. And it wasn't perfect. There were some bits I need to work on, but now I know what I need to work on. And she's come away from that feeling loads more confident because not only has she seen all this stuff she can do, but she's also seen the stuff she can't do, so she knows what she needs to work on. And I think if we put all this into play and we can do this overdriving lessons, so you're building your knowledge up, you're putting the practice in, you're getting your Tada books or your inventory, you're helping setting your goals, you're not being afraid in this safe environment to, to celebrate your successes and also not being afraid to, to be sad about the stuff that isn't going so well because there's there's nothing wrong with that. If we do all that stuff, how much more confident are people going to be on their driving tests? Yeah. I, I, you know what? I just don't think it's just driving tests either. Yeah, I think it's in life. Do you know, and I know we're talking specifically about driving, but I think it's really important. These are transferable skills, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and that's a big thing. You know, it's like I said, it's, it's very much a specific driving test podcast, but you are right. You'll have had this, as I'm sure, that, you know, sometimes your learners go away and they're like, I did this today, I did this the other day because I feel more confident because of my lessons. It's, it's such a wonderful feeling. So, yeah, anyone listening, Focus on your confidence. You know, obviously, you're driving. The skill side of it is important, but the more you can build your confidence up, the the more in a, a sort of better position you were going to be in. So, before we move on to to tackle the the myths and the top tips and so on, is there anything else that you want to touch on around the confidence side? There, do you think? I think it's just focusing on building up that database in your mind of positive experiences so if you can imagine it like an empty folder before you start learning to drive and you're just trying to fill that folder with goals that you've achieved in your lessons and if you can fill that folder with really positive information um around driving so thinking of that story that you told there about that um student on the assessment lesson she was like oh i actually got to prove to myself she built up her own positive evidence that she filed away in that folder. And that's what allowed her to go away feeling more confident. So build up your file, your folder. And I think there's a, another one. If you're having sort of like your reflective locks that you're using, when you do have a bad day, and we all have them, you know, you can look back on those reflective logs and see how far you've actually come. And that'll build the confidence as well. That's really important. We've just had an experience of that, haven't we? Yeah, that's <laughs> why you said that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, Definitely I think check and see how far you've come. <laughs> yeah. It's it's easy to forget that. It's easy, you know, for all of us, not just people learning to drive, to to look at we haven't progressed today, but 
from last week I have, or from you know six months ago. Look at where I've come. I think that's a that's a big one. But he did miss an opportunity there. I think my answer would have been listening to the Driving Confidence podcast. That's what? the thing you need to do. But you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, anyway, let's, well, let's that was move. our third one. We were going to do a joint one, but you <laughs> just took our thunder away. Probably should promote ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to my my favourite bit of doing these shows, which is myth busting. I love busting the myths that, that we get around driving tests. So what myth have you brought to us today that we can uh, look at and see whether it's true or not? Um, so the myth we've brought with us is that you're not allowed to talk out loud on your test. Are we allowed to talk out loud on the test or do we have to sit there in silence? <laughs> <laughs> see, I love it because um, people say this, can I, can I actually do that on my test? And it's like, yeah. And they they say, well, oh, okay. And it's because it relates to the other tests they've done in school where it's silence, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what other exam or test are you allowed to talk in? You get told off, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a great one. Um, And I think as well, part of it comes down to the, the examiner because I think what a lot of people forget is that examiners are human beings and they have different personalities. Some will be a bit more chatty than others. So you might happen to get an examiner that's not overly chatty. So therefore, he will speak to you or they will speak to you. I shouldn't say he, they will speak to you and you might speak back, but it might not be the most flowing conversation in the world. Or you might get an examiner, you can't show up. But there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with talking to your examiner or talking to yourself on test. Um, I think the thing I would chuck in is that you, you are allowed to have someone sit in the back of the car like your instructor. You can't talk to your instructor. Um, <laughs> I mean, would you advise people talk on the test, or is it down to the person, do you think? it's don't change what you do in your normal lessons you know i know that's um um it is it's part of this this myth again isn't it um but it's yeah if you talk yourself through situations on your driving lessons don't change yeah if there's a particular maneuver or a particular roundabout or junction that you always talk yourself through what to do then just keep doing that for your test. Um, so, yeah, definitely don't change anything. And talking talking to yourself out loud, talking yourself through processes, it helps you remember, but it also keeps you calmer. So there is quite a bit of psychological research around this, that it does help calm you down and it doesn't allow thoughts those you know the negative little thoughts that sneak in where you're like oh god it's that roundabout or oh god it's that maneuver what if i do this what if i do that if you talk yourself through it there's no room for any of those negative thoughts so so yeah it works interesting you say that because it's something i say as well in a slightly different way in that you know when you if you're on a test for example you make a little mistake it could be anything but you realize you made this mistake your brain's automatically going to start dwelling on that mistake. So what I try and drum into people is if you notice you've made a mistake, start talking about what you're doing. Because if you're talking about what you're doing, then your brains are going to come back to the thing you're doing. And and I must admit, I still talk to myself while I'm driving now when I've been driving 20 years and I talk to pedestrians and I'm like, I'm going to keep an eye on you. You're looking like you might step out. I'm going to keep an eye on you when I talk to dogs. But that's more like, oh, he's lovely. 
which I probably advise against on your test, actually. You know, no, <laughs> don't don't think about how cute the dogs are. Um, but yes, um, have we busted that myth? Do you think? Can we move on from that myth? Have we busted it? I, I think. Yeah. I think so. Excellent. So I'm going to ask you now then for a top tip. So all these uh, lovely learners that have been listening today, what tip are you going to give them to take away? I'm going to say your body language. And what I mean by that is, just, you know, sit in the chair upright. Don't be slouched over so you can't breathe properly. Just sit up. Yeah, sit up straight. Ideally, actually, don't sit at all. So at the test centre. So in the car, yes, sit up straight. Make sure that you can breathe. Make sure your shoulders Mm -hmm. are back and down. But at the test centre, avoid sitting full stop, preferably. So standing up, having a strong stance, um, not being punched over, reading things. Um, yeah, so have a have a strong, a strong body language. Stand up straight and tall because that will help you breathe properly, but it will also help you feel more confident. So I think that's a, a great tip. So let's move on to reviewing uh, one of your local test centers one of the test centers you use so which test center are we talking about today so we're talking about leighton buzzer test center tell me a little bit about leighton buzzer test center what are the surroundings <laughs> like what's it what's it like do you know what it's lovely not a lot of test centers are lovely but this one is the reason being it's massive because they have the lorry test there um they start the lorries there they there's the mot Rossa place there as well so it is quite big you've got lots of room and where you do the reversing if this they've got i think there's about 10 bays they use as well so there's lots of space to reverse there's there's nothing near you it's 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 actually quite a nice test center might start bringing mine down to uh to and bustle. <laughs> um so you said the the car park so i'm presuming you start at the car park and finish in the car park you're not like on a side road or anything like that no you know in the car park and when you get into there it's a one-way system going round and what you do is you go around the big building that's in the middle and there's loads of space and then right at the far end of the car park is where you would do your reverse bay park set your car up ready and then you've got a little walk, which is great for us because we can do lots of different things on that walk to the test into the reception area where your examiner is going to come and meet you. And what sort of roads around there? So is it more sort of uh, country roads? Is there plenty of dual carriageways or is it more town-like? Or... Well, you're on the edge of the town, which is quite nice because you've got a 30 mile an hour road. If you turned left, you go to a little... Like a, I won't say a mini roundabout, but you've got a roundabout, which is quite quiet. You can go left to an industrial state or straight on into the country. If you turn right out of the test centre, you're heading towards the town. So, again, just one straight road, really, a few roundabouts. And it's it's quite a nice. The only downside to our test centre is you've got a hill start coming out of the test centre. Not a massive one, but it is a hill start. And what are the examiners like? And it can be as honest as you want because they don't listen. Um, so what are they like? I think I think you touched on it earlier. They're human. In general, they're very friendly. Um, but also they're there to do a job. 
And that's the way I phrase them, I phrase it to my students. You know, if you're driving well, they're going to be more friendly. If you're not driving well, they're probably going to um, be a little bit worried. <laughs> yeah. And I always think of examiners as well that it's ultimately it's down to, to, to us when we go for that test. You know, if we don't do anything that would result in a fail, they can't fail us. Exactly. And, they are human. It is possible they make a mistake. But in the seven years I've been doing the job, I've only ever had one test where I've properly disagreed with an examiner. That's one in seven years. So I think that's that's pretty good going. But I also work on the premise that if that examiner has been handed divorce papers that morning, they are probably, if they get a 50-50 decision, maybe not going to go for the positive way. But that's human nature. Don't give them a 50-50 decision. Give them a, a 90-10 decision, and then you, you they can't do anything that way. Um, and it's exactly that, isn't it, with the examiners? they might. The recent test I had, she said to the my pupil, she said, thank you, congratulations, you passed, and thanks for not trying to kill me like the other four people before you did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so don't kill the, don't kill the examiner. And you're also a winner. Um, <laughs> anything else about the test that we need to know? Um, it's really nice. It's and honestly, it's it's easy to find, and you can't really with the test center itself. You can't really go wrong. So, well, thank you guys for joining me on the Jerry Test Podcast. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. Do you want to finish up by telling people where they can find you and what you have that might be of use? Oh, well, this time we will mention the Driving Confidence podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, the aim of our podcast is it's not just for learner drivers. It's for all drivers and anybody who is maybe a bit nervous, a bit anxious on the road, anybody who just wants to improve their driving confidence skills. And we, it's us two chatting or we've had some great guests on in some recent episodes as well. So there's, there's lots to choose from. There's plenty to listen to there. Yeah. Put links for all your stuff in the show notes and on the blog, on the website, including the, the driving school, Kev. So anyone that's down your way that wants lessons and know where to find you. But all that's left for me to say is thank you for joining us. It's been a, been a pleasure. Cheers, Terry. Brilliant. Thanks for inviting us.